0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello, hey everybody! I feel like we were just here. It seems like this we were. Is deja vu. Deja something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, happy Wednesday! Yeah, it is time for the Wednesday live stream uh, case update show, and man, have we got updates? Lots, yeah,
1: lots. These now things are a moving and a shaking.
0: Yeah, in case you missed it, we were in court this morning for Vallo, not Daybell. No. Uh, we're not going to talk a lot about it, but we'll tell you what happened. <laughs> because we did have a bit of an incident. Uh, Yeah. Well, we, you.
1: <laughs> I witnessed I you have a bit of an incident, which was pretty I'm, great. I'm including you in this because you were sitting next to me. Well, <laughs> I was. And I was trying really hard not to laugh the whole time. So, yes, true.
0: Yeah. So, uh, So, yeah, we did go to court. And, oh, I don't know maybe 30 minutes into court or so. I don't know. Uh, Christy was live Facebooking and I was live tweeting Mm -hmm. and then tweeting away. And the judge is talking to the defense and suddenly out of nowhere, he goes, I, uh, but but, but someone is, someone's pointing their phone at me. Someone is someone filming me out to the maybe 10 of us that were in uh, attendance. There were a few members of the press, us, that one private detective lady, there were like maybe three detectives. I mean, there was practically no one there today. So I'm looking around and I realize he looking at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hold up my phone. I said, I'm, so then I didn't know what to do because I don't think you're supposed to talk in court. You know, So I of, kind of, uh, sorry, my hair is killing me right now. Uh-oh. I don't know what to do about it. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's been a long day. So, um, I, he's staring at me. Everyone's staring at me. So I finally said, I'm, I'm tweeting. So he made a bailiff come over and examine my phone. So he came over and looked and I held it up. I was half, I, I was mid tweet and I showed it to him. And I said, I'm just tweeting. And he was like, Oh, no, Judge, Judge, she's just tweeting. And he was like, Oh, okay. Well,
1: thanks. Thanks for following the rules. I was like, <laughs> Holy shit. I'm about to be hauled out of here. Yeah. He was a little, it was a little intense. Like, I think he reacted maybe a lot stronger than he should have it wasn't it was super panicky i mean there were 10 people in there Mm -hmm. like you're gonna just hold up your phone and blatantly record the judge even though you know you're gonna go straight and directly to jail for that it was strange but also hilarious been showing
0: up for months like yeah we've been been in new faces in the courtroom yeah no we've been around a while but i you decided that that's really why you're there he was in the middle of a back and forth with the defense. And um, I don't know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like his attention might should have been more on that than on a paranoia about whether somebody was uh, recording him, which of course I wasn't. and would never, ever do something like that. No. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of wild, but I will give d- to his credit. We've heard twice now and seen filed in a brief that the judge and... The prosecutor's office have been receiving death threats. Yeah, so they are a bit jumpy. They are. You, you can definitely see that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's coming through a bit. Though I don't really seem. I, in my opinion, think that I seem like a very threatening person. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this will get us on News Nation. Right, right. Come on, <laughs> Here's Cuomo. Come on. We want it to was
1: talk.
0: To you. So bizarre. But then I cut, so that bailiff just kept looking at me and watching me. And I'm like, that's cool. Cause I'm not breaking any rules and I right, like- won't. But then on the break, Lori and company, and you know, we're not very far from them, like 20 feet from them. Maybe, maybe a little more in the, yeah, not very view far. Sitting in, um, have turned around and they're standing, facing us, visiting with each other and with, uh, prior who was there not uh as a defense but also but just as an observer Lori is facing us uh,
1: in the school of death penalty trials yes as we are sure
0: <laughs> uh laurie's looking right at us keeps making oh, eye contact with us we're both trying to i know look i was better. like
1: oh i did not mean to look directly at
0: you that happened again uh <laughs> but uh I'm tweeting still because I'm trying to clean up the ending of what just happened and you know tweet it all out. Mm-hmm. And I look at the bailiff who's looking at me, and I realize I'm holding my phone up, tweeting. My God, stop doing that! Get it down. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I realize he's wondering if I'm filming Lori and her attorneys while they're facing us, <laughs> and my phone up like this. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Just put it away for a while. Yeah. Um, I did. <laughs> but, uh, well, that was something yeah that really was um, so now if there becomes rules about phones in the courtroom hi it's me i'm problem it's me <laughs> uh that would be because i caused that <laughs> but by... i don't know why it
1: would be i mean they ultimately proved that you didn't do anything wrong and no, i didn't do anything wrong that everyone in there was typing away on something yeah nearly everybody because we were sitting over by the press you know and they mm-hmm. were all typing into computers. We were just typing on phones. It's no different. Right. And I
0: could bring my laptop and, you know, use my phone's hotspot. It would just be hard to balance. I wouldn't like doing that. Yeah, I, I don't want to but, do that either. But um, word, <laughs> Judge, somebody could record from their laptop, too. I mean, if someone really wanted to do it, they could do it. But right. no one's doing that.
1: No, no nobody in there. We are all there taking this very seriously mm-hmm. and being, being respectful and absolutely respectful. Uh, we're not doing it. Yeah.
0: So anyway, that's uh, that's the highlights uh, or the lowlights. But yeah. we did a whole live stream on what happened today. So you guys can go back and find that if you haven't. Cranky said, Katie's public enemy number one, who will portray you in the movie? Well, I demand Melissa McCarthy. I won't stand for anything <laughs> Yes. absolutely freaking not yeah
1: yeah i i think that's right i'll be 80 bryant can be me yes melissa mccarthy can be you okay because i it, it was one of those moments when you like have giggles a, a runaway of giggles in church like i am just biting my lip the whole time because mm-hmm. i want to laugh so hard oh and that would have been even worse Then mm-hmm. we would have both been booted out of there so you know
0: <laughs> then they'll ban laptops so we have to bring a typewriter see <laughs>
1: Can you imagine type 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 spring type type. We'll spring. have to ask
0: the uh, standard journal lady to teach us how to write uh, shorthand yes, or whatever that, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh that's what's up. Public enemy number one right here. <laughs>
1: that was it was funny. But if it was could...
0: really it was,
1: but it was it did really show like how kind of paranoid the judge is. Yes. His and
0: response then, was panicked. It was These very guys are strange. pretty
1: unsettled. They are. About, I, you know, I don't know that they've ever had a case where they were receiving threats and, no, you know, well, stuff like now that. Now
0: they all have to relocate to Boise for 10 weeks? Uh, yeah. Like, they've got, got a got lot a, on their plates.
1: Yeah, it's awful. I was thinking about that. Like, they've all got families and, you know, they've got to mm-hmm. move for two and a half months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. all of it is very hard and it sucks. So we're we're not holding it against him. He's just doing his job and so are we. Oh, yeah, definitely. But we are definitely exercising our First Amendment rights to be there and to report on this case. Definitely.
1: So the well, other Ellen, part of that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, like at no point did we ever want to be in there and being <laughs> seen as a problem. Jeez, no. We don't I even talk to, to possible anybody. possible in there.
0: We follow the rules. We don't complain. We do nothing. We don't talk to anybody. We stay in our lane and we get in trouble anyway. See, we are a problem. This is why we aren't allowed
1: to go to church. Right. Oh, that one. of Uh, That's why (laughs) there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh,
0: So we do know, of course, that they are setting up viewing rooms at the Madison County uh, Courthouse. So mm-hmm. we won't be in Boise. We may go to Boise here and there and attend a day or two. We don't know yet, but yeah, we'd like to, but uh, you know, schedule's uh, notwithstanding, We don't know, we'll let you know. However, here's what we're working on. We are working on putting together a local team of people so that we can each take a day to go to court. So we have three of us now that are willing and able to each take one day a week. Uh, i wish i could just go every day but i just simply can't i mean we have jobs and and lives and it's just too much it's so intense i yeah yeah uh so uh if you are a local and you have time and could uh dedicate yourself to one day a week of live tweeting and note-taking and attending quietly without offending anyone i can't uh (laughs) will you please reach out to us Mm -hmm. and in uh see if you uh, could be interested in joining our team for the 10 weeks of Lori's trial.
1: Mm-hmm. It would be
0: highly appreciated. Uh, you may, uh, we may want to bring you on at some point to talk about it. If you're willing to do that, if you're not, that's okay. But uh, if you are going to be close or, you know, if you are close and you could uh, join our team to do that, we would really appreciate it. So we'll bring as much coverage as of Dave Vallo as we can.
1: Yeah. Well, Of uh,
0: Vallo. yeah. Yeah. Val-o. We-
1: We definitely will. You know, we want we've been committed to this case from the very beginning and we we are Mm -hmm. still we're going to see it all the way through. And we'll do our very, very best. And on the days that we aren't there, East Idaho News will be there. you know, there will be local reporting there that we can Mm -hmm. piggyback off from. But we really would like to be there for our perspective. It's so much different to watch it yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, the chance to be there in person has been invaluable. Oh God! Um, yeah, but at least, and it's not the same to watch it, honestly. But at least you know to get to see it yourself, you pick up on stuff that you mm-hmm. wouldn't normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: or if you're in Boise and you want to yeah. do Boise coverage, uh, that's, that's true. Even better, uh, mm-hmm. Boise is opening up 400 seats a day, and I don't know what uh, the Madison County Courthouse. They said they'll have two uh, two courtrooms, a courtroom and an overflow room. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. You have to apply every day for room. Yeah, like
1: the day before the you apply day. for the next day. Ev- yeah, it's going to be a pain mm-hmm. in the butt, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get it figured out.
0: We will. I would imagine in the very beginning, people are going to flood this thing. And then after the first week, only the diehards will still be uh, showing up every day, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I think that too.
0: But we definitely want to be there for opening statements, you know? Yeah. So. there are some
1: t- things that are will be very important to be there for and also the penalty phase will be uh-huh. very important so very important yep we're gonna do our best friends it's hard to believe we're getting there but mm-hmm. we are very close we, in Lori's case anyway
0: oh we keep saying valo
1: is she not day yeah I, the judge calls her valo <laughs> yeah the the judge calls her valo he did it again today and he's been mm-hmm. corrected many times but the problem is in the system like when you go to i court and look up like her her stuff it's vallo she is called lori vallo yeah and so i think it says vallo on her case records yeah so because there's been a lot of question around you know they got married but i don't there's no proof that she actually changed her name legally no i, I don't believe she did she has asked yeah. to be called daybell but legally i think she is actually still vallo mhm
0: It also, I think, helps to uh, differentiate who you're talking about. Yes, because it gets very confusing.
1: Yeah, trying to keep them separate. Yeah, Yeah, trying to just keep it all together and under. There's, as we know, voluminous amounts of evidence in this case. (laughs) Rob Wood finally broke down, said voluminous. Lindsay Blake almost said it, stopped herself. I totally caught it because I'm like, I'm so so aware of this word now. (laughs) And then uh, Rob Wood said it. And no one else did. Like hardly ever does that happen. Yes. The virus didn't spread, but someone did say it.
0: It's true. For sure. Well, with all that being said, we actually have Mm -hmm. a
1: ton of other cases to
0: talk about. Yes, we do. So let's get going. Christy, do you want to talk about what's going on with Dylan Rounds?
1: Yeah, so Dylan Rounds, y'all probably remember he's actually local to us. He's from Yukon, Idaho, which is like a little town in between where I live and Katie lives, but he was living in uh Lucan, Texas or Utah? Texas Where did I get that? Lucan, Utah, which is a um in southern Utah, very rural area where he was farming mm-hmm. when he went missing about 10 9 10 months ago. And um now, James Brenner has finally been arrested for his murder. James Brenner was his neighbor. So uh, they've there's a filing out now because they're, they're, they've been discussing bail. Brenner's currently been being held without bail, um, and they want that to continue for a lot of different reasons the prosecution does. So um, here are the reasons. Clear and convincing evidence that they have, that he did, in fact, commit a crime. Um, So other grounds for detention without bail, danger to the community. So they do feel that he would be a danger to the community. He does have a history of violence and illegal Mm -hmm. firearm possession. Mm -hmm. And those issues are both a part of this case. So Mm -hmm. prosecution saying he's not a safe person to be out there. Uh, Also, that he is likely to flee, um, you know, he was living kind of transitory out in that area mm-hmm. and, you know, he's not really got a lot of connections anywhere and he does have ties to other States. And so, you know, he was squatting on property out there, living in an RV, not I think far it's kind
0: of amazing that he hasn't already taken off.
1: I do. I'm surprised that he, because I mean, he's been suspected from day one. Mm-hmm. It's taken him quite a while to finally put all the evidence. He was together.
0: probably told not to go anywhere, but, uh,
1: right, I, but this But not uh, seemed to be a
0: guy that follows the law. So He was
1: also told he's not supposed to own firearms, and he did. Um, and he, he did it anyway. So those are the main reasons mm-hmm. that they're saying we want him to be held without bail. This is um, in Box Elder County in Utah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they're already holding him. I really doubt they let him out because, yeah, he's, you know, he was squatting. He's had um, um, illegal firearms. Yeah. Not the safest guy around. So I suspect that they will continue to hold him.
0: Yeah, I do too. Okay. Well, there you have it. You want to talk about something gross? All right. It's not going to get grosser tonight. Than Downard Funeral
1: Home. Oh, God, it never does get grosser than stupid ass Downard Funeral Home. God, this case.
0: Oh. Do you guys remember this case? Uh, if you've watched us for very long, you do. If you haven't, <laughs> go find it. Sorry. Um, but this is the funeral home from Pocatello, Idaho, that uh, was basically busted for having a whole bunch of rotting bodies. And their crematorium was broken, and they were not uh, even properly uh, storing bodies. bodies. Yeah, they, they weren't- More they,
1: bodies in their refrigeration
0: unit. Well, there, there was a body in one of their vehicles uh, in a garage, That uh, and it was like 100 degrees outside. Yeah. The, this happened uh, right at the end of August, first part of September. Uh, It was really, really horrifying. And then Mm -hmm. we discovered, of course, that there were a bunch of people who did not know where their loved ones' uh, remains were, some people that uh, were supposed to be cremated that hadn't been, and all this stuff, right? People that hadn't received their ashes forever. Yeah. Yeah. Bodies all over the place. There was a horrifying smell. All of these terrible things. Okay. So here's the way it goes. Everyone's been asking, is that dude ever going to get charges? And do you remember when it happened? I don't know if we, I know we talked about it, but that people around here were like, oh, Lance is a really nice guy. He goes to my church and he's a good guy. He just got really overwhelmed. My lab tech, the the girl that draws my blood tried to tell me. He just, uh, he just got overwhelmed because of all of the unwed mothers and poor people that were coming in there asking for his help that couldn't afford it and all of that shit unwed mothers what well, because he had all of those uh he had oh sorry i thought i muted myself to cough i think i didn't oh, I, I apologize no. that was my <laughs> intent uh he had all of those uh fetuses he had yes. 50 fetuses right and then we learned finally later that the fetuses were from isu from their uh from their lab that were supposed to be destroyed that he'd never destroyed that uh, were you know, from 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 science. But anyway, so that's Lance Peck. Well, finally last fall, Lance Peck was slapped with 63
1: misdemeanors. Where are the felony charges, you ask? Well, we'd like to know too. They say, they keep saying they're coming. There's, mm-hmm. there's been reports that felony charges are coming. Seem to have taken a crazy long time. Well, it has because
0: they are still trying to sort out some of these bodies and some of these cremains and stuff. Like, it's, An unbelievable mess so one of the things that happened so what happened is that they had to charge him with misdemeanors within the first year because of the statute of limitations so they charged him with all of those misdemeanors the day before the statute of limitations ran out they have five years to charge him with the felonies so they're moving slower on the felonies but they say that they are coming so blah 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 he's finally going to stand trial for 60 of those counts Uh, on October 16th well actually all 63 so it's 60 counts Mm -hmm. of unprofessional conduct by a mortician and three counts of petty theft so that's coming uh on October 16th in the meantime there are two civil suits that have been filed and I can't even believe there's only two civil suits
1: filed I know there there's got to be more coming there were 12 bodies but I have to tell you about these because it is
0: something. Yeah. So the first guy, his name was William Phillips. And he passed in a little city called Malad. That's oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. not too far from there. And he mm-hmm. was actually taken to a funeral home in Malad that uh, couldn't do the cremation. And so they had arranged to have that body transported to Pocatello, to Downward, to be cremated. Okay. So that's what happened. And the family retrieved the urn. They were told it had the cremated remains of Phillips in it in January 2021. And as it turns out, well, they thought they had it. And they were actually mixed with their mother's ashes. That had been one of his final wishes is that his ashes be mixed with his Wife's ashes, and they would have right. this urn of, of their two ashes, which they did do. Well, so they thought that all was well and settled. But unfortunately, following the search of Downard Funeral Home, Philip's family was informed that Philip's body was inside the facility. You guys, uh, he died in 2020, December. We're talking about six months later. Mm-hmm That body had been decaying or whatever uh, for six months.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying.
0: His son had to identify the body. One of the Mm. things in the lawsuit said that plaintiffs will have to live for the rest of their lives with the knowledge that they cannot perform his final wishes. Because her ashes were mixed with, they're not sure what. If it's another person's ashes, if it is an unknown substance, they're calling it. They don't really know.
1: Yeah, or like a campfire ash or something that they just...
0: They just gave them some ashes? Yeah. Are you even kidding me? Then the other case is a a case of a gentleman by the last name of Wilkerson, whose body was supposed to be donated to Idaho State University to their cadaver program. Uh, April 26, 2019... They were told, his family was told that his body was in the process of embalming and preparing to be don- donated and that the donation had been initiated. They assumed that that happened. Basically, that was the, uh, you know, we- we'll do these things. We'll take the body over to ISU. Done and done, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: just nobody expected anything different.
0: This was April 26, 2019, right? Mm-hmm. September 6, 2022 Their families informed that his remains were a part of this investigation. Ugh. So Yikes. his body had been at the funeral home for years. And and like
1: I really have questions about why. Why, why would you hang on to I mean they're in the same city. Like drive up the hill Mm-hmm. To the university and drop it. Off. It's not far. This is where I oh, went no. to school. It's not very far. Oh right. I mean, we're talking about blocks, literally yeah. blocks
0: away. Yeah. But these guys were all effed up and not doing their jobs correctly, and had all this stupid stuff going on. And that's so. This is only two civil suits. There has got to be more. I know that there are other people because I've I've been seeing them commenting online. That still do not know where the remains of their family members are yeah there were 12 decaying bodies hanging out in there there's so much so much here so hopefully the felony charges do come right
1: Uh, but yeah his misdemeanors are not enough for what this person has done to his community not even close
0: yeah yeah kathy's like he's only being charged with misdemeanors no there will be felonies coming apparently they're just moving slow i'm sure they are because there's a lot to sort through uh but Uh, the community is not going quietly on this one no east idaho news has done several follow-ups asking where charges are everyone's Mm -hmm. you know we we, we've we have too we've done a whole bunch yeah we've done a ton of it because There's no no way way. he gets to get away with this. No way in freaking hell. So that's what's going on with it so far. Uh, My God, to those families, I just cannot even. Can you imagine thinking that your dad has been cremated? I mean, at that point, he had been dead for seven months, thinking that you had mixed the uh, cremains together with your mothers and that you had this beautiful thing and you had this closure. And then... To find out that no, his body's just been sitting in a funeral home somewhere decaying for all these months. So, my God, the horror is just unreal. Yeah. And the other one, I mean, that body was actually, uh, you know, had been uh, put together for cadaver use. And so it was probably pretty well uh, taken care of, but still, why? Why was it never donated? What? Oh, it's awful. Amy, your sister passed? Oh, my God. I am so so sorry. sorry. Oh, your poor family, sis. You guys have been through too much. Oh. Yeah, it's awful. This this case is just, it turns my stomach to no end. I can't even think about it without feeling ill. But, you you know, ever
1: since this came out, we have seen nationally a bunch of other stories that are similar. And I think that's why it's really important to talk about it, even though it's horrifying is we need to know, like we are all people who will lose people at some point who have to choose a funeral home for a family member. And yeah, we got to know that, Hey, by the way, not every funeral home is trustworthy by any means.
0: No, no, -hmm. they're not. These guys thought they could trust Lance Peck and a lot of them, went to his church and thought they could trust him because yeah. he was one of those guys but yeah oh so anyway that's all we'll say about Downard tonight but we are keeping a very close eye on this case so we'll let you know what we know so Christy <laughs> do you mm-hmm. want to talk to us about Kristen Smart yeah so
1: we finally have um a uh a uh, sentence Uh, paul flores has been sentenced to 25 years to life in prison for the murder of kristen smart you know unfortunately we still don't have kristen smart's body nope she died in 1996 and um i mean how but they did convict him Mm -hmm. Um, they were both students at cal poly in 1996. Mm -hmm. And prosecutors have believed that he killed her and buried her at his father's home, but later moved the body. And there, you know, there's been some involvement potentially with his dad moving the body. And Mm -hmm. they do believe that they know where it was buried at the time in, at his dad's property, but it's, her body is not there now. Mm -hmm. She was declared dead in 2002. um, But we're still now only just barely getting a conviction and a sentence for Paul Flores. I really feel for her family because you think that, you know, there's some kind of sense of justice, some kind of sense of closure when you get a conviction in a case like this, except that uh, her family still does not have her to lay to rest in some way. And you would Mm -hmm. think at this point, what's he got to lose now? Why can't Paul Flores finally cough it up? You know, mm. and maybe he will once you know. Now that he's been sentenced and he's headed for prison and this, he's not going anywhere. Maybe he will. Maybe I don't think so.
0: I don't think he'll ever do it.
1: He'll never get out on parole unless he tells. That's how parole often works. Is that if there's still an element of the crime that has not. Been uh, recovered and has not mm-hmm. been reported by somebody, mm-hmm. uh, that's what the parole board will hold over his head to keep him from being released from prison at, at the 25 year mark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, that's just way too long. Just yeah. really sad.
0: It is. It is. But at least there's a conviction there, finally, for her family. Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk about Stephen Smith. If yes. you don't know who Stephen Smith is, I'm going to give you a very brief recap. Stephen Smith died in 2015. He died uh, on a road adjacent to Moselle, which was, of course, the uh, hunting property of Alex Murdaugh and family. And he was found dead in the middle of the road. He was a teenager. And there were a lot of questions about what happened to him. He was 19, Uh, he was a nursing student, he was gay. And there had been a lot of uh, issues in their community with him being bullied and mistreated. And authorities thought initially that maybe he'd been shot because he had a deep gash on his forehead. But later they actually decided it was a hit and run. His mother still doesn't think that was true at all. Apparently his car had run out of gas and he maybe had been walking. Mm -hmm. But uh, her family, his family has always thought that this was a murder But, you know, imagine this. The corrupt Murdoch's just happened near their property, next to their property. Their son, Buster, was named in the initial police report multiple times for people Mm -hmm. seeing him in his truck in the area and things. And, of course, at the time, Alex was a deputy prosecutor and a well-known lawyer in the area. And his case, Stephen Smith's case, was just really abruptly closed and never really adequately uh, investigated. Well, now...
1: Typical around the Murdoch family. Mm -hmm.
0: Now his mother is really serious about seeking justice, as well she should be. So she is working on getting uh, independent exhumation and autopsy. So she has a GoFundMe. Her goal was 15000 She's actually at 21000 now. Uh, I would imagine she's going to need every dime of that because she's asking to have an independent exhumation and autopsy to see if they can prove whatever actually happened to Stephen Smith. Mm-hmm. Because there's big questions there. And, of course, everyone should be asking that question. And, frankly, she shouldn't have to pay for this at
1: all. No, she shouldn't. I think that's absolutely ridiculous.
0: But I did post a link to the GoFundMe in case you're interested. Uh, you can also just search for it online. If you just search for, uh, well, for with GoFundMe, you can just look for a fundraiser called Independent Exhumation and Autopsy. Uh, you can also just Google Stephen Smith and frankly, it comes right up. So either way, if you would like to contribute, that would be how you do it. But uh, everybody wants to know what actually happened to Stephen Smith.
1: Right. And, you know, we, I I think now knowing what we know about this family, Mm -hmm. we've got to get to the bottom of all of it. Yeah. I'm glad that, that it's being looked at, but I think it's ridiculous that she has to pay. It's not right. Me too.
0: I think that SLED ought to be running to that case to say, let's take another look. And maybe they will once she has made enough noise, um, what's the internet has made enough noise. So anyway, wanted to make you aware of that. Uh, all the best to Sandy. And I really hope she gets what she's looking for.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, Chris, You talk to us about Brian Koberger about a little
1: bit there, a little bit, a couple of things. So one is that, um, the associated press. So there's this petition, you know, the, there's a, there's a gag order on this case. And so the um, press has been really concerned that, you know, the press doesn't get to know anything about what's going on. There's nothing being released. And so um, the, the Associated Press has filed this. It's a petition for writ of mandamus or writ of prohibition. So they're they're filing to try to get some kind of modification um, because of their standing with First Amendment rights, you know, to get some kind of modification that this case is not supposed to be so private. This is part of it that I think is really valid that we need to think about and, and is tr- very true. Criminal justice is not supposed to happen behind closed doors. Sunlight right. is thought to be the best disinfectant, not grotesquely twisted, uh, which was said by the judge, I believe, when, it, when the gag order happened. Mm-hmm. Freedom of speech is the default. We do not assume media coverage is bad or pres- prejudicial. There are, of course, exceptions. At times, the right to a fair trial outweighs the, outweighs the right to free speech. But those exceptions are exceptions in name only unless procedures are implemented and followed to check overzealous requests for secrecy we got one of those. Mm -hmm. Courts are supposed to guarantee that those procedures are followed. Just as courts review the propriety of an agreed upon protective order or sealed filing, they should also check the legality of the requested gag order. And that's what the Associated Press is protesting, is that you, you can't just shut down everything because the legal system is meant to happen publicly, not behind closed doors. Um, part of this is that the, when, when the Moscow murders happened and, and I don't know why they're blaming the press for this, because this was literally the fault Mm -hmm. of officials in Moscow who kept (laughs) getting on whatever, who getting Mm -hmm. interviewed by lots of different places and organizations and channels and stuff Mm -hmm. where, um, they would give out information that was wrong. The mayor did it. The medical examiner did it. The prosecutor did it. The president of the college of the university did it. Mm -hmm. And, and so the judge is using that as a reason that the media reported misinformation. And that's why we need the gag order, but they were reporting information that was given to them by officials in the community. right? And the, and the, you know, the press is like, well, first of all, First Amendment rights still qualify even if something has been reported incorrectly. Right. You know, but also let's think about where that information came from. I mean, we said for weeks, everybody in Moscow needs to shut the hell up and stop going on the news. Yeah. And giving wrong information. It was mm-hmm. it was mishandled by law enforcement and the community. It was not mm-hmm. mishandled by The press, they're just reporting what they're being told, which a lot of it was wrong. So that's the fight that's happening with with the Brian Koberger case right now, which is why we're not really hearing anything Mm -hmm. because everything's gagged. But a really interesting article came out. This is a this is from Law and Crime. And this was uh, this is some information about him and where he grew up and some of the people that knew him when he was younger. So I thought I'd share some of it because it is pretty interesting. Um, most people that knew him were absolutely shocked, but that is not unusual, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that he would do something like this. You know, he, uh, he grew up in the um, Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania. Um, he went to college in the Lehigh Valley region. He graduated from DeSalle's University with his graduate degree. Um, Many people have described him as awkward. Uh, A regular Joe with a dead stare. So I don't really get, I don't (laughs) know why a regular Joe with a dead stare, I would say a dead stare is not a regular Joe. But a lot of people really did not pinpoint him as somebody that would, you know, go out and potentially kill four people.
0: Right. Well, but a lot of people don't. You know, in the right. cases of most serial killers, people are like, they uh, were so cool. normal.
1: They were so normal. Yeah. But but that isn't really. I don't know. You know, um, a lot of people have said he was indistinguishable from other students, other college students in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his classmates and somebody that was actually his lab partner while he was in school said. Um, at the time, I would never have said, oh, yeah, that guy would do something like this. He may have never been he may have been a little odd or a little off. But other than that, you'd never expect to be allegedly part of a quadru- quadru- quadruple homicide. But he was a little odd and he was a little off. <laughs> 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 We've heard that a lot about it him. And I'm say. like, I don't think that people actually know what the hell they're looking at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or really uh, he was knew not. Him. What? Or really knew him. Right. They really just didn't know him. He just mm-hmm. you know stayed back and did his thing and he didn't mm-hmm. really connect with people. He wasn't on the radar of the schools. He was not on the radar of the police. He was he's mm-hmm. never been arrested or had any problems in that way. Mm-hmm. Um this guy Except named- for his employment history there at uh at Moscow. Right. But like growing up, everybody's yeah. like, Yeah, I just did not expect this at all. Mm-hmm. Um Now, I find this really interesting, though, because, you know, he got his master's in criminal justice at uh, Dassault University, as we know. Mm -hmm. And one of his professors is a well-known forensic psychologist. Her name is Dr. Catherine Ramsland, and she has refused to make any statements at all about him. But just a few months um, before he was arrested... Yeah, she was on a podcast. This podcast is the Law and Crime Network's podcast called "Cop Tales and Cocktails." Here's some stuff she said: Have I come to face? Have I come face to face with psychopaths? Absolutely. The coldness, the lack of remorse, definitely. Uh, Some people call that evil, but we are finding that it may very well be a brain disorder. She also said the brains of what we call primary psychopaths, who seem to be born seem to be born with this brain disconnect are definitely different it allows them to be better predators if that's what they choose to be not all okay. psychopaths are criminals not all psychopaths are murderers if they choose that it allows them to be very effective better because they don't really because they really don't have any remorse over what they're doing and they really mm-hmm. can be very calculated they tend to be very reward driven you know you think about coburger He had there were some statements made at one point that he had told family members that he doesn't feel anything when they hug him. Yeah. And everybody talks about him as being quiet, withdrawn, a little odd, a little disconnected. I mean, it's in there. Mm -hmm. It it, it is in there that he did have there was this um, coldness about him. Yeah. He really didn't make any connections, mm-hmm. you know, with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, also, uh, another psychologist, a forensic psychologist, says that he doesn't think we can yet label him a psychopath, but he is not a serial killer, he is actually a mass murderer, or he's he is, um, you know. Suspected to be a mass murderer. Serial killers obviously kill in different events, Mm -hmm. not all in one. one. Yeah. Um, Delator, who is this forensic psychologist, he says, no one just snaps. There could be a straw that breaks the camel's back if we want to continue to use idioms. But, certainly can't, but that certainly can happen. But that person has been dealing with distressing emotions for a very long time and has been unsuccessful in coping with them in a healthy way. Um, he, here's his theory. Uh, he says, I think he had this compulsion, this need, this necessity to do it, and he's probably always wanted to do it and finally said, fuck it, I'm going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that psychopaths have a really difficult time with is rejection and it's coming out a little Mm -hmm. at a time mostly from unproven sources that he was stalking some of these girls that he Mm -hmm. was following some of them on social media he had pictures of them on his phone there was at some point some kind of rejection that occurred Mm -hmm. i think between him and some of the girls that lived in the house Mm -hmm. um that may have caused him to go over the edge, but they have done um, a pretty deep dive into um, the area where he has lived all his life and, you know, until he moved to Idaho. There's no indication that he has ever committed any other crime, and he has never had any involvement with law enforcement prior to this other than Getting a lot of speeding tickets. A terrible driver. <laughs> yeah. The worst. Terrible, but yeah. Driver. Hey, Aaron. It's, it's just kind of interesting to look at it from that standpoint. Yeah. But I think people say he was kind of odd. He was disconnected. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't. He was really quiet. Like he did not make personal connections with people. No. And then he said, I don't feel anything when I hug my family. Remember, he was on that chat board at one point where he said things like that. Mm hmm. I think we're going to find he is a psychopath, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But, you know, it's just interesting to kind of hear, like, what did people think of him growing up? But, you know, he was quiet. He was reserved. He kept to himself. Mm -hmm. So did anybody really know Brian Koberger? I don't think so, including his family.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that is weird. Mm hmm right and he had his family around he commuted he lived at home while he was in school Uh like he certainly had sort of an insulator around him of his parents and his sisters that may have helped and him being you know so far away when he Uh was in Washington um I, I keep saying Idaho but he actually lived in Washington not Idaho yeah um you know being so far away he didn't have that buffer anymore yeah and I I think cranky I think you're right um, about why that changed, but I do, I honestly feel like they're going to find that part of the motive at least was rejection on a part of some or all of those girls that he
0: killed. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: Interesting stuff.
0: Very interesting stuff. Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit about the West case. This is Jacqueline and Trezell West. Um, They are supposed to be going to a trial. It was supposed to start actually in January. It keeps getting pushed off. Going to trial for the uh, murders of their little boys, uh, Orin and Orson, their little adopted children. And there's a couple of things that have come up that I think are interesting. This has mostly been gagged. So there's very little that we have known about this case, about what, because these kids disappeared. Their parents actually had. uh, reported them missing uh outside of bakersfield i think in california city there had been a major uh, major searches for these little guys out on the desert and everywhere else and they just one of those cases where kids just vanished and nobody knew what happened to them but there was some weird stuff with the parents from the get-go uh, definitely that, And then, of course, we learned down the line that when these kids were taken out of the custody of their birth mother, uh, according to lawsuits that she has filed, it looks like it's possible that they were taken from her illegally
1: and put up for adoption and these people took them. Uh, It happened so fast. I just cannot get it through my head about how they followed their own rules and laws Mm -hmm. around family reunification versus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, severing parental rights. I for sure, it doesn't especially because dad
0: me. wasn't even given the opportunity.
1: No, which is totally illegal. Is it's totally
0: illegal. So many things went wrong here. But at any rate, now they're getting ready to go to court. And guess what? There's a whole bunch of discovery that has not been turned over to the defense. And uh, the articles are saying that they are that it they're seeking missing evidence. After reading the articles that I found, the the evidence isn't missing. It just hasn't been given to the defense. I don't see this case going to trial anytime soon. But the one thing that we learned that uh, and this was the prediction that we had had too a while ago, I think some of you guys did too, is that uh, according to the defense, the crux of the prosecution's case is an interview with one of the other children.
1: We've We've wondered wondered that all along.
0: Because now the police are saying that they think that those kids had been missing for a hot minute before they were reported missing and that the parents know exactly what happened to them. Their bodies have never been found. At any rate, so now here's what we're learning. We are learning that there's a two-hour interview in which one of the older children made a statement that is the crux of the prosecution's case, at least according to the defense counsel. So I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, there has been a lot of filings a lot of back and forth and again there's a lot of discovery issues so who knows when this is going to go to court yeah what is with these prosecutors not handing over evidence it's a lot of key stuff too that they asked for like the vest cam footage from when the children uh (laughs) according to the defense attorney the vest cam footage from the night the children were abducted
1: Oh, are you kidding me? These kids Uh were missing for like three months before they were reported. Give me Mm -hmm. a break. Mm -hmm.
0: For sure. Yeah. Disgusting. Like slap. Slap. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's what's going on with that case. We are watching and because I've been waiting for that to go to trial. It's supposed to go to trial. I don't think they're anywhere near going to trial, but that's what's up with it.
1: That's really maddening.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting, though, that that's that's where the info is coming from is from the other kids. They have two children of their own and two more little boys that they had adopted. So they had four kids that of course have been in protective custody ever since uh, the little guys went missing. There was even last year, last summer, there was a, a ruling a filing from the judge uh, that was actually a restraining order on these two fools from jail because they were trying to have contact with the other kids. Yeah. And apparently they definitely uh, cannot do. Well, apparently they had had some contact. There's also a request uh, for uh, conversations that the parents may have had with the kids from jail.
1: My God. Who was putting them on the phone with these people? Yeah, good question. And why? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. There is piles of evidence against these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So anyway that's what's up with that we'll keep an eye on it I I wish it was going to trial sometime soon but I'm not seeing
1: it mm. uh, let's see there's a little in Delphi just a little it's kind of Delphi adjacent yeah. it's about Keegan Klein so Keegan Klein is the guy that um, had the the account where on uh, the snapchat account where he was having some contact with one of the girls and a lot it's it's still believed although we don't have total confirmation of this that he was involved with James Brenner in this murder um it's been pretty clear from the way things are going with James Brenner that they have not ruled out the possibility that there's more than one defendant in this case. So Keegan Klein is in another state right now and he is facing child pornography charges. Mm -hmm. And so the state's witness list and exhibit list just came out in that trial. Um, I was hoping it was going to have something on it that would tell us something and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Although um, well, it kind of does because they are, there are Indiana state police listed as witnesses. James mm-hmm. Brenner is not a witness. And this is in, is he in Texas? No, I guess this is actually state of Indiana against King Klein. He's had okay. more than he's had more than one trial. This guy is a real trash yeah. human. So I guess this is this is an Indiana case. It is Sorry. In Indiana, okay. Because there was a I think there was a Texas case too. Um, so it's very interesting to see what the outcome of this case will be, if they're eventually going to make a connection between him and James Brenner, because there's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of talk that there is and that they were both involved in the Delphi murders. Mm-hmm. So I think people are kind of watching this to see what happens. And, you know, we're still awaiting on the on James Brenner.
0: Yeah, I see. Okay, well, there you go. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about a case that I wish we had covered. I don't know why we didn't. It fell through our cracks. That's there's just too much. Yeah, you know. too many. But this is the it's a trial that's going on right now. And if you are interested in the latest belligerent turd circus, definitely look this up because holy shit, it is really going off the rails. Uh, this is Zachariah Anderson. Oh man, it's happening in Kenosha. Three weeks in already. Poor Kenosha.
1: Have they not had
0: enough? Apparently not. So apparently. In the spring of 2020. There's a man. Zachariah. Who is accused of murdering a man. And then disposing of his body. Essentially. Rosalio Gutierrez. Was dating Zachariah's ex. And. He had been basically stalking him for a while and taking his children along his teenagers along for the ride or maybe not teenagers at that point but his kids and he was causing all kinds of trouble for his uh, ex Sadie Beacom Uh, she of course was his ex-girlfriend and the mother of his children so Sadie is dating the Gutierrez guy and he vanishes his body has never been recovered But the prosecutors say that uh, they do believe he's dead based on the large amount of blood spatter found inside of his apartment. They actually have a pile of evidence against Anderson, uh, including uh, his van had DNA that belonged to Gutierrez in it, uh, blood, uh, as well as signs of uh, some of the carpet being cut out of the van and some bleaching happening and a whole bunch of stuff. But the trial is wild. His attorneys, especially the the woman, oh, my God. Jerks. Jerks, especially the woman. And today they were interviewing his teenage daughter, who is a minor. And it got really interesting when uh, it appeared that perhaps he signaled her. There was also the defense claims that her mother signaled her uh, with sign language from the the watching area. She says she did no, no such thing. They put her back on the stand and grilled her about whether she had signaled her. She said, no. She said, I may have told her to calm down when she got really upset. But she said, I didn't do anything like that. But here's what... The prosecution is saying was uh, Zacharias Anderson, Zachariah Anderson signaling his daughter. You tell me what this looks like. That's while she was speaking. Does that not look like
1: zip That's your lips? Zip your lip. yeah. yeah. Pinching his lips together like that. Come on, mm-hmm. We're, we've all been little kids who had a parent who was like, shut up, shut up, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and there was also uh, some complaints that he was glaring at her. But also, the defense attorney grilled her to the point that she had her sobbing. My God. But then she said something. She was up there dropping bombs. And she said something that may actually cause a mistrial. They were talking about a gun that he had that was unregistered. And she said, while she was sobbing and pissed off because the attorney was absolutely fucking terrible to her, she said, Yeah. And just so you know, that gun had been, I'd been threatened with that gun too. Uh oh. Yeah. So the jury was immediately dismissed there are uh, from the room there was a big conversation about whether or not this is going to cause a mistrial from that and and maybe even other things that she said uh, the judge actually pulled a lawyer out of the audience and assigned him to be her counsel good and she should have an attorney she should. what the hell mhm and she actually handled the whole thing super well except for that the, the way she was mistreated was really appalling But at any rate, uh, it sounds like they're going to just try to strike that from the record, what she said. But it, yeah, it has been a shit show, Cranky. It is something. So it is being streamed. So if you're interested uh, in watching it, that's, uh, it's got my attention. But uh, his behavior is something. But how crazy, this is
1: being live streamed and he does zip your lip to his Mm -hmm. kid while she's on the stand? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't think that the whole world would look at that and know exactly what that means?
0: He's so arrogant. That is terrifying. He is so arrogant. This is the kind of ex that he had his children quite indoctrinated. His daughter said that he'd been grooming them for quite some time. And had given his daughter a cell phone and given her instructions that anytime her mother got upset about anything, she was to make a video of whatever mom was doing or saying so that he could use it against her in court. And Mm -hmm. you know, the type. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Abuser. That's what Mm -hmm. that is. They have piles of evidence against (sighs) this guy. And I can't imagine he's not going to go away for a damn good long time. There's a moment in court where his daughter referred to him as the defendant and the look on his face, he goes, and says something to his attorney that kind of looks like he says, what the hell? the defendant you're like
1: yeah bro that's who you are she might be damn glad Mm -hmm. you're going away Mm -hmm. if you've threatened her with a gun yeah what an ass but that zip your lip you can't tell me that's
0: not exactly that's what come on
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely anyway pretty wild Mm-hmm. I need what, to I need to correct an error. I, I saw that. Yes. My brain is total mush and I am sorry. I said I said in the Delphi case that the uh defendant in the Delphi case is James Brenner. No, that's in the Rounds case. It's Richard yeah. Allen who is the, Usually I do pretty well keeping these names straight, but today my brain is tired. But thank you Fran for noticing. There I, are not that two James very Brenners wrong to Delphi me too, and Richard I couldn't Allen. place it. Allen. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, when you say something, you're like, oh, that's wrong. What is that?" But mm-hmm. to have as many names, like we we were talking today, be, uh, because we had Wellner, Dr. Wellner, come up in in the uh, Vallo mm-hmm. case today, and he's the guy that was the um, expert in the Mitchell trial. In in Elizabeth Smart, what the hell is Mitchell's first two names? Is it John David? Is it something Edward I cannot remember so anyway just know (laughs) it's a lot to keep track of but yes Delphi is Richard Allen yes the guy (laughs) that went
0: down the bridge to watch the fish yes yeah yeah well there you have it that's what's up full disclosure we are not going to do uh the cold read party tonight there's just been too much today so we are Brian David Mitchell good job Paul Brian, David Mitchell we need Paula's brain. She's
1: always got it. There was a David. I got a David right and it was in the wrong order. Thank you yes. for saying that. Good job. Uh, another Brian. That's right. There's so many Brian.
0: That's right. There are a lot of Brian's. Note to self, don't name your kid Brian. But if your name is Brian and you're not a crazy murderer, we're sorry. We're, yeah, we're, we're not. Offense. No. Yes. So good. good. Uh, yeah. uh, we're going to do the cold read party next week. There's just been too much today. Uh, too many live streams. We don't anything left so just if you're doing live stream with or the uh, cold read party with us know that's going to happen next week um but we'll be back of course next week with all of our regular stuff and we want to thank you guys all very much for being here and for all of your support per always Mm -hmm. so that's it go do something good for yourselves please Mm all righty well this has been yet another production of the true crime squad bye everybody